On today's show, we talk to three remarkable women. One is struggling with their marriage and with parenting. One is struggling with the passing of her husband just a few weeks ago. And one is struggling with not feeling like she grieved enough during her dad's recent health scare. Stay tuned. Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Welcome to Dr. John Deloney's show. I'm laughing because Kelly's looking at me as though I'm a child that she's very disappointed in. What did I do? It's so not you. I don't feel good. It's not you. I would not have known that you didn't feel good. You, like, were on time, professional, kicking butt, brilliant as always. I won't make any comments about your appearance. It's just like you're just here ready to rock and roll. I would say you're beautiful, but the internet gets mad. Like, you shouldn't tell her that, so whatever. Partridge in a pear tree. I'm sorry you feel bad. Well, that's okay. Thank you. On the last show, uh, you had a full beard, and you had a way l- deeper voice, and so it's good that to see that. That was actually a different person. Oh. Named Austin. Oh, he had a hat on, so I couldn't tell. Yeah, he tell. was wonderful enough to step in so that I could stay home. He did. We did try to get him to answer the phones, like, hello, this is Kelly, but he's too respectful and he wouldn't do it. I thought that would be super funny. People would not not expect that, but I'm glad to see you back. Sorry you don't feel good. Oh, that's okay. Thank you. I'm you, glad to be are back. Are you taking all your vitamins? Yes. I just, I don't even know if you take vitamins. I'm just saying that. On, on a lot of drugs right now, so. I mean, oh, like Dayquil type yes. stuff. Yes, you should call into the show. We talk about those kind of things. James, feeling it? Feeling great. <laughs> Good folks, when James says, and I quote, I'm feeling great, that's him being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. No? No. You look full of joy today. I really am doing great. Is it the denim? Yeah, it's the denim. I think so. Whenever you wear denim, there's like a, a radiance about you. It's the bright colors. <laughs> that blue just... Yeah, it's good. All right, hey, let's go straight to the phones. I don't have anything else to talk about today. Actually, let's read one poem, and then we'll go. Uh, let's see here. Here's another poem. Oh, man. All these poems mention y'all. This show's about me, and all these poems mention you guys. Here's the greatest poem of all time. Oh, I think I've already done this one. From Heidi, I've already done this one. I put it back in the stack. I'll do it anyway. You need a screener for your mail. We'll do. (laughs) I disagree. Yeah, we have had some. Man. This is from Heidi in Minnesota. James is super rad. Kelly carries herself with poise. Strongly disagree. The Dr. John Deloney show is my favorite. Forever a fan of the horse noise. You did read that one. I did? Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, well, there we go. But, you know, it's worth reading again. It's so accurate. (laughs) Was, Was it? (laughs) <laughs> it was, Heidi. Thank you. Um, we're doubling up here. All right, here we go. Um, I have a poem for you. Here we go. Thank you for your words and wit and wisdom and whimsy. Thank you, f- you for your alliteration. Um, okay, here we go. It's my joy to surprise you with delight. Get- That's not a poem. What is right, happening? Next, before we do this next time, Kelly and I are going to go through them and <laughs> so that there's some semblance of order. Hi. If, if you're, this is your first time to the show, this is how it always is. I don't really know what's happening here. And I read mail, and then I stop in the middle of it because there's some people who are struggling with all kind, with assignments. Read, your, read the syllabus. There's always those students. Here's the deal. It's not as if all the mail you receive are poems. Like, these are just 
feedback letters. There's things that may be from the Ramsey show. So it's not like they're all going to be poems. That's why we need to screen them. I agree. You're It'd right. It'd be great if you had someone that, you know, screened things and did that. Oh, I see what you did there. It'd be cool if she came to work. That was a sick joke. Sorry. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> I have something to say, but I'm not. Ah, uh, because your kids listen. All right, let's go to Paula in Columbia. Hey, Paula, what's going on? Hey, Dr. John, how are you? I'm good. And you? I'm all right. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound good. What's going on? <laughs> um, my husband died three weeks ago after oh. an eight-month battle with cancer. Paula, Paula, I'm so sorry. Three weeks ago. Um, Tell me about him. Yeah. Um, he was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, the happiest person you've met, um, kind, wonderful, had great life and has done all, a bunch of wonderful things in his life. Um, and was just at a point in his life where he was sharing those with other people, teaching them things he knew. Um, throughout his cancer treatments, he went into every one of them with a smile on his face. He was everyone's favorite patient. Um, his goals were to eat, sleep, drink, and, um, you know, kick cancer. And mine were to find all the best treatments and read all the medical journals. And he never once gave up. He was amazing. And three weeks ago, it caught him, huh? It did. Um, Can I just tell you, I'm I'm so sorry, Paula. Thank you. I hate that for you. you. I can tell in your voice that you love, love that guy. And you you won the the husband lottery with that one. What was his name? You know, I I got a card that said that. I'd, I'd said it to a friend, not, you know, when we were early on kind of, Doing that thing people do about talking about their husbands, things they do, and I said, you know what? I got a good one. Um, <laughs> there that, really wasn't anything to complain about, and it was the that, coolest card to get. Hey, I got a good one. Like it's like a whispering, got, like secret. I got a good one. <laughs> Guess what, guys? I found a hundred dollars under my house. Yeah, I got, I got a really good one. Even after thirteen years, what, I still what was his good name? One. What was his name? His name was David. David. I want to make sure we say his name out loud and honor him. That's awesome. Oh yeah, actually. So. <sighs> We have a son. Okay. How, um, how he old? is five. Five, okay. five. And we say his name every day, and we sing to him, and we talk about him, and we have pictures. Charles Connor put pictures on our house, ha- uh, you know, in little areas in our house. And we've he brought his dad to show and tell last week because he had to pick a word that began with D, and D is for dad. So wow. he hmm. is doing awesome now. Yeah. Um, and. At the beginning of the journey, the first three months, we didn't tell him anything, but we found great resources and we were able to bring him on the journey with us. He met nurses and ate at the hospital cafeteria and he just, he knew his dad was sick, but it helped him with compassion and empathy. And he is the coolest kid. Mm. And part of that was because he had the coolest dad. Yeah. So. And (laughs) I know where you're going with this. So before you even say it, I'm going to tell you. And he had the coolest mom, too. Yes. <laughs> he did. He does. He's got a mom who loves him and a mom who shows up. And a mom who but I was, loved his dad, too. And that's magic. I was, I was 
more the operational parent. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you're putting. Listen, I am the fun dad, and you know what wouldn't happen yeah. is we'd have no electricity in my house or food. <laughs> We'd have a really cool fire outside, and we'd write our names yeah. in the yard with the lawnmower, but we'd have no yes. food, right? So it takes yes. both, and they, your yes. son, won uh, with you, too. Herein lies the problem. How do I navigate the upcoming years so that this awesome kid can grow into an awesome man hmm. without his dad around? Yeah. We have a huge community and great men in it, and there are men in his lives, but there's not that fun in the house and around him constantly. What a great, hard, heartbreaking question. And thank you for trusting me with that. I know it's even hard to say out loud, because every time you have to say those words without dad, the whole thing just pulls that scab off again. So here's the thing. I'll answer your question, but I'm going to answer it with a caveat, okay? Okay. This is a next year question. Okay. You're three weeks out. And as a planner and as a controller and as somebody who loves people who are lots of fun, but you you were put on this earth to make sure they don't all drive off the cliff together, um, you are doing your best to tie up every loose end, (laughs) right? And to control what you can control because a grenade just went off in your heart and in your home. I'm trying not to control as much. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, And Bill's got to get paid, right? Life insurance has to, I mean, all that stuff has to happen and there's still going to be a roof leak and things like that. (laughs) But you're worrying on a 20-year challenge right now and there is still smoke coming out of that house. And so for the next three months, the next six months, the greatest gift you can give your son is that you be honest about your grief and you cry with him. And when you're sad and you're lonely, you hug him. But also you don't make him responsible for your wellness and your healing. And that mom takes care of mom. And that doesn't mean a lot of that. that doesn't mean faking it or flexing or that means you got someone to talk to, you got people to cry, you've got people you can call when you need to be away from your son and you just need to go for a walk in the woods with a buddy. Like you know what I mean? It sounds like mm-hmm. you have a great community. That's the gift you can give him. Okay. Um downstream, you're right. Little boys need models of men. They do. And Teaching, integrity, honesty, grit, kindness, and strength, those are not gender-specific things. He'll be fun because he's fun. He'll be bonkers because he's bonkers. You can still teach him what strength looks like, even if it's a different kind of strength than the one maybe dad would have shown him. And by the way, when you tell stories of dad, they will become almost more powerful than him. So stories of dad's strength and dad's character and dad's integrity will take root in his heart. As will watching you be a person of integrity and strength and character. And you calling those things out explicitly. And so I don't want you to think you're, 
Your son is going to struggle because dad passed away. That's a trauma. You know that, right? That's a great tragedy. He's going to struggle. He's going to have challenges. And, I, and when I say struggle or challenges, I don't mean like, ah, it's all good. Not like that. But his life's going to be harder than mine was because my dad's still here. Okay. And he had an incredible father. I don't, I don't want to mince that. And he is going to be incredibly blessed by you. And so I don't want you to think that suddenly there's these things that you can't teach him. That's not true. He will need male models. He'll need men in his life that will take him out. I said that kind of weird. I just want to like say I should have said he needs male models. I made that whole thing weird. He'll need models of men in his life, right, that will take him fishing and take him hunting or take him to do computer. Well, I don't know what he's into, but whatever he's into. That will be important. And those guys will come. That's for later. That's for later. <laughs> the important thing right now is to sit and just be still and grieve and I'm so sorry so sorry the sitting part is hard it is it is but what I'm going to tell you is you can't run from this and as a controller you're used to running from it because that's what, that's what control gives us. Are you set up financially? Are you all okay there? We um, became 100% debt-free hmm. a month before he passed away. Wow. Um, it was a challenge. <laughs> and, you know, Dave, there's always a person who's going home and there's somebody who's not mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, David begrudgingly followed me <laughs> the entire time but we did it together yeah. and being able to look back and say that we did it together is way cooler than after the fact Absolutely. so we're we're okay have an amazing Boss, an amazing CEO, an amazing company. Awesome. Good for you. Um, good for them. Awesome. We're, we're good. It's just, hold there's on, hold just on, hold a on. lot. Hold on. And you're not good. You lost your best friend. Yeah. And it's okay to not be good. It's okay to not be good. It's okay to not be strong. It's okay to not be in control. Thank you. The world doesn't need any more strong sprinters. Right? Dave always says, uh, my Dave always says, he reads the tortoise and the hare every year and the tortoise wins every time. Your little boy, Paula, is really lucky to have you. Real lucky to have you. He's really lucky to have the community he's in, and he's really lucky to have spent five magical years with the magical, incredible dad. You are correct. And so sit in the memory and the love of your husband. Sit in the pain and the hurt of you lost your best friend and co-pilot, your forever guy. 
Sit in the grief that your son lost his dad. Sit in the joy that, man, he got to spend five years with somebody who was just magic. And then be about the slow, slow process of healing. Don't hide your grieving from your son. Don't bury him with it either. Put people in your life that will call you out on making sure you're eating, making sure you're walking, making sure you're going to work, making sure your son's got somewhere to go on the weekends and go play and be around people his own age. Make sure he's got a counselor that will walk with him. Um, that'll be different than you, more than likely. And recognize this, this isn't a sprint. This isn't something you can wrap your arms around. You can't control grief. You can't wrap it up and hold it really tight. It'll, it'll pull you underwater. You have to breathe through it. It's so hard, and I'm so, so sorry. And by the way, there's no rules to grief. It'll hit you at weird times and weird moments. There's no expectations. You have to grieve like this and this way and this amount of time. People are going to try to shape your grief to make them comfortable. They don't get that. Your story is your story, and your son's is your son's. And y'all are in this together. And what an extraordinary testament to the world, your husband, who fought valiantly, who smiled all the way to the end, and who handed that baton of being free financially to you. He just made it. What an incredible testament. So, David, we salute you, brother. And we all hope to see you sometime. And high five you, man. Thanks for being a husband who loved his wife and loved his kid. Thanks for the call, Paula. Thank you so much. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. One of the most common questions I get on my show is, how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's take one more call. Let's go to Alex in Portland, Oregon. What's up, Alex? Hi, John. How are you? I'm outstanding. How about you? Not too bad. <laughs> Not too bad. The uh, <laughs> undersell of the year. What's right. up? Yeah, I, I, I got an interesting question. Nobody um, calls my show because um, when things uh, aren't too bad, nobody does. Right, yeah. yeah. We so, just want to say hi. What's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just want to say what's up. What's up, Alex? How's it going? Um, so my dad recently, just a couple weeks back, had a heart attack and he almost died. Okay. Um, 
And I feel guilty for not feeling bad about it. Um, I'll get to the meat of everything you want to know. My main question is, um, is this normal? And if it's not, what do I do about it? If it is, how do I deal with the guilt of not feeling bad? So when you say you didn't feel bad, what does that mean? Tell me about that. Um, I just, I don't feel the sadness that I would expect to. Like, my parents have been married for 48 years. Um, the thought of losing my mom makes me sick to my stomach. Okay. My dad, almost indifferent. And I didn't have a, I don't I didn't have a great relationship with him, but he was never a bad dad. Yeah. I just, I didn't have that connection. Okay. So, what, paint me a picture in like a sentence or two. What did you expect yourself to do or to feel or to experience in the hypothetical event your dad almost dies? Um, I guess I thought I would have this like overwhelming sense of grief. Like I lost something that, you know, meant so incredibly much to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, just like I would with my mom and that would just break my heart. But yet with him, I just, I don't know, like I felt sadness, but it, the sadness was for my mom for almost losing him, yeah. you know? So it just, I don't know. It just, it hit me weird. And like, I, I realized when she called me and told me that she, you know, I could hear it in her voice. She was just distraught. Sure. That's what hurt me. So I don't know. Once I like started thinking about it, I realized that's what my sadness was. It was for her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've seen him since and you know, he's doing fine. He's, he had really high cholesterol and one of his arteries was almost completely blocked mm-hmm. and he's being incredibly stubborn and he's saying, well, it took 67 years for that artery to block. So now I have another 67 <laughs> years. He's just being like so cavalier about it. And when he was in the hospital, um, he wanted no attention. Like he didn't want anyone to know. And it was, you know, Oh, don't, don't tell anybody. And now that he's out, he loves all the attention he's getting and he wants to talk about every little detail and it's just, it's a lot for me. I'm like, I just, I can't, you know. Here's my guess. Here's my guess, Alex. <laughs> this isn't just about the heart attack. He's been mm-hmm. this way for your whole life. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. And it's exhausting and annoying. And it is okay. <laughs> for whatever it's worth. And it, I'll tell you, it's not very much. It is okay to not like your dad. Okay. You can love somebody and not like them. You can love somebody and respect them and not want to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's a couple of things I've learned working in grief for forever now um, and trauma and tragedy. We have these Hollywood pictures of what happens. There's even a lot of research on juries. And when people respond, they find their husband has passed away or their kid has passed away. And they don't respond in a Hollywoodized way. They're often looked at as a mm-hmm. suspect. Mm-hmm. Or why did you call this person? That? What I will tell you is that whatever picture you have of you, how you think you're going to respond, you have no idea. None. Right. Most people, most of the time, don't scream and yell and weep and fall down on the floor. They go stone numb. They freeze. Yeah. And they will report things like, I can't feel anything. I can't, I am just, and that's just their body shutting down. And Mm -hmm. that's totally normal and okay. 
what here's here's what I want to to leave give give you to 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 carry you on in the next however many years you're going to be have your dad with you your mom with you and just as you learn to learn about Alex more mm-hmm. be curious with your responses not judgmental of them okay so when you have an anticipated response and you you don't respond that way instead of going oh my gosh I'm broken or I suck or it's because my dad's <laughs> Just be curious about it. Like, why in the world? Mm-hmm. It yeah. helps me to write that stuff down when I have those different responses. Um, mm-hmm. Some people can talk it out with their friends or with someone they trust, but just be curious about it. So let's be curious. Why do you think? Why do you think that you are indifferent? And it's okay to say I don't like him. <clears throat> I have never liked him. Yeah, he hurt me growing up. Um, I think. <laughs> I think it's because I've seen, well, for an example, um, probably about two months ago, um, my mom had COVID and shingles at the same time. And she was almost literally on her deathbed. There was one day though that she thought, yeah, I'm, I'm done. This is it. And she, I don't, I'm married. I don't live at home. And, uh, I knew they were going through this. And I knew she was also a little stubborn and didn't want to go to the hospital. So I had texted my dad and I said, hey, you know, if she's refusing to go to the hospital and you won't fuck up and take her, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to have a forced welfare check on her because I don't want her to die because she's being stubborn. Right. And he just said, "Okay, thanks for your concern. You know, well, she's doing okay." blah, 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 blah. And I then find out when she asked him to call for an ambulance for her on that day that she thought this was it. He said, Oh, are you sure? I mean, you know, they're, they're going to show up and you're going to be really embarrassed. And, you know, like he just, he kind of, he cares so much about appearances, Mm -hmm. not the the severity of the situation. And then on top of that, I find out that when I said that to him, that I'm going to call the police and have a force check on her, he laughed. He thought that was funny. Hmm. And I'm just like, Oh, who does that? Yeah. You know, I just, it, it makes me sick. Cause it's like, you, you don't take things seriously. And then you want all the attention and love in the world when it's about you. Yeah. So it just, I just, I'm disgusted really. And so here's what I want to tell you, Alex, it's okay to be disgusted. Yeah. A- anger points us to things that we care about. Yeah. And uh, that's what it is. It was, it was anger and, you know, all that for how he treated, treated my mom in that situation, how I've seen him treat her, you know, my whole life growing up and, 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 been, and how he treated you, yeah. how he treated you, you, you were the recipient of this as well. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated in a perfect world. You let him know these things while he's still alive. I've also seen it time and time again that people pass away and that initial wave of anger and disgust and frustration and all that passes. And then there's this longing for almost for a myth, for a fantasy of I miss my dad, right? I miss my dad and letting him know, Hey, I almost, we almost lost you and you're cavalier about it. Here's somebody who's not cavalier about you, me, and I love you. And I don't like your cavalier attitude. It breaks my heart that you're cavalier about mom's health, about your health. But your dad, you're 60, 70 years old. You can do whatever you want. I'll tell you, it breaks my heart. And it's hard to love you. 
I do. It's hard to love you, though. And then when it comes back to the response, your response does I mean, you don't need to be curious about it. <laughs> you know why. You don't like the man. He almost killed your mom in your, in your heart and mind. He almost killed your mom. He's been like this his whole life. You're just done with him. It's cool. You're allowed to be done with him. And I'm going to tell you down the road, this is going to come back. It's going to hurt. And so whatever you can process and deal with now and let go of. Here's something I think um, that you're carrying around that would probably be great for your soul. And and you should forgive your dad and put that brick down. Stop carrying it. I think you've been carrying your old man for a long, long, long time. And he's obviously doesn't have the tools and some equipment and he's got some challenges that he's worked through and he's not going to change. And so at the end of the day, you're carrying around the stuff that's not going to make any difference to him. So I'd set it down and you can set it down by writing him that letter, by calling him and looking him in the eye, by saying what you need to say or saying nothing and just saying, I'm putting that down. I love my dad and he's drawn his boundaries and so I'm going to draw mine. But that's hard, man. That's hard, 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 hard. In the last year, last two years, I've heard more stories of people coming to the terms with their parents and who they are and their mortality or their idiocracy or whatever it happens to be. And whew, I'm sorry. But to answer your original question, you're not broken, Alex. You're not evil. You're not mean. It's okay to not like your dad, especially if he's abusive, especially if he was ugly to your mom, especially fill in the blank. I always want people to be respectful and treat their parents with dignity. And it's always okay to just sit down and say, I miss my dad. Where were you? That's okay too. Thank you so much for that call, Alex. Whew, it was a heavy one today, man. So as we wrap up, James has been hassling me and hassling me. And I don't, I don't take that lightly, James, because you're not a hassler. You have been beating me up about do my favorite song, do my favorite song, do my favorite song, do my favorite song. Here it is, America. Here it is. Jeez, James. This is like not even go with the show, but James is like, I'm the producer. I get whatever song I want. Like, fine. This is called gaslighting, guys. This is what gaslighting is. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means, but... It's from the Rose soundtrack from James's best singer of all time, Bette Midler, The Rose, and it goes like this. This is for you, James Childs. Some say love. It is a river that drowns the tender reed. Some say love, it is a razor that leaves your soul to bleed. Ooh, James. This actually sounds like a My Chemical Romance song. Some say love, it's a hunger, an endless aching need. I say love is a flower. In you, it's only seed. It's the heart afraid of breaking that never learns to dance. It's the dream afraid of waking that never takes the chance. It's the one who won't be taken, who cannot seem to give. And the soul afraid of dying that never learns to live. Far beneath the bitter snow, James, lies the seed that with the sun's love in the spring becomes the rose. It's for you, Jimmy Childs. I've never heard that, but she's the original emo artist, apparently. <laughs> James Child and his love for the rose right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Show.